What is going on? Yerks here. Welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks. How we doing? What is going on? Wednesday, December 30th, uh, New Year's Eve Eve. It's exciting. I want, I want out of 2020, man. I want out. I'm over it. Let's get into 2021. Although some of this corona shenanigans is going to carry over, I want out. Although AJ Preller doing just his damnedest to try to salvage this year, and he's doing a fantastic job. The U Darvish deal went through today. Um, so it's awesome, man. It's just such a great time to be a, a Padre fan. Like I said yesterday, you know, with the Chargers leaving, it like it was like, oh man, like the, it's just you know we we needed something. We needed like a boost, and then Slam Diego last year happened. We make the playoffs. We win that series against the Cardinals. You know, considering all of the frustrations, losing Denelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger in the rotation, and then to come back and have it this year. Um, you know, Clevenger has his has Tommy John surgery for the second time in his career, so he's going to miss this entire twenty twenty one season. And then you know, I'm thinking, oh man, what are we going to do? And then there's rumors of, okay, maybe we're in for, you know, certain aces. And then to to be not only in for one ace in Blake Snell, but then to go get you Darvish and then go get another, um, not prospect, but another solid player in Ha Young Kim to go get him. And, and then I was listening to uh, The Fan. Um, actually, it, yeah, the fan, uh, for, I think that the, the station differs, but like the fan has like multiple, um, broadcasters for multiple States. I don't know how it works, but yeah, so ours is, um, I think it's like 97.3 is the station. Anywho, uh, there was an interview, um, that I saw where AJ probably was still talking about he's not done. Which is absurd because we already like are the. I mean, it's been a very boring um, off season for baseball. Uh, not a lot of like big headline things, and so the chart of uh, the Chargers, Jesus Christ, the Padres having a, you know, making this much noise when they were already you know kind of on the, the rise, the meet like the rise right. People were uh, finding out about Fernando Tatis Jr. Now he's like one of the biggest names in baseball. Uh, so that was really cool to see. And, um, you know, people just to slam Diego, like I said. And so it's just really been awesome. You know, but yeah, he says we're not done. He wants to uh, address some issues with the bullpen, which I can understand because that was definitely iffy at times. Uh, but, it, you know, once we got Rosenthal in there, uh, you know, really, and we dealt with some injuries, of course, Kirby Yates will be coming back. Uh, so I can understand him wanting to address that, maybe get another um, setup man in there. Because I think as it stands right now, once we get to, uh, you know, the last three innings there, seventh, eighth, ninth, depending on what happens, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep Trevor Rosenthal, but normally that was pretty locked down. I think we just needed some guys, right, if our uh, starting pitchers get in trouble, uh, some guys, you know, that we can put in earlier in games to get clutch outs in certain spots and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't think he'd be, he'd, he'd cheap, he, he would keep shopping, but he's, he's out there, man. I mean, they're, they're trying to win now, like I said, like in this next three to five-year span, that is that is the uh, best submission World Series or bust. It's just been really cool. 
Whew, okay. I, I've been <laughs> I've been so bad with intros these past couple weeks because I just have so much excitement for the Padres. It is Wednesday, like I said. Hope everybody's having a solid week so far. On today's episode, we're doing things a little bit different. Um, all I really wanted to talk about today was my uh, top 10 teams in the NFL. Tomorrow, I got something planned for New Year's Eve. I'm going to do something uh, a little bit different for that. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out what direction I want to take this podcast, whether it's like predominantly football with maybe the other sports mixed in. I think that's kind of what it's been, but I don't know if I want to cover basketball during the regular season. Um, like I said, we only have about a month, a little over a month of football left, considering playoffs and then the Super Bowl. Um, but I think I would be more invested in the offseason in football and actually care a lot more than, like with what's happening than the regular season in basketball, in all honesty. And also with uh, spring spring training with baseball, where you know I think pitchers and catchers report in like February, but then it really kicks off come March. And who knows what state the country's going to be in? Um, three months down the road, like maybe maybe it'll still kind of be similar to how it is right now. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I think I've been uh having a more clear idea on what I want to do long term with this. With all that being said, though, let's get into it. Um, again, it's going to be a pretty short episode. Just going to cover the top 10 teams here in the NFL. And uh, this is a lot. Well, we might do a list next week. Because it's week 17, last week in the NFL regular season, which is, is which is sad. It goes by so fast, man. It really does. Can't wait for next. I can't wait for the draft this this coming year. It just You know, it's just so sad. It really is. Um, but it should be a wild week 17. Should be. I'm looking forward to that episode on um, Friday, previewing all those games. There could be some shenanigans going on, and uh, yeah, should be a good one. But yeah, let's get into the top ten NFL teams here. As always, I always, um, as always, I always. Jesus, the grammar is off. As per usual, I start with three honorable mention teams. These are teams that, well, we're in week seventeen, so these are essentially playoff caliber teams that are, you know, on the outside looking in or, you know, could make the playoffs, but I don't know if I really see them winning a playoff game. Uh, but, you know, solid teams nonetheless. This is actually um, a great – I got a lot of fun watching this season in the NFL. I think that there's not as many terrible teams as people think. There's a lot of up-and-coming teams, and so – a lot of young quarterbacks as well. And so I think that it's a really... The NFL's in a really good place right now. I think they just they just uh, signed like a multi-billion dollar extension with a bunch of the uh, big networks. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously the business is a-booming. I think they just released the most viewed uh, events this year. Like the top 100. And the NFL had 70 of them. So, yeah. People like watching football, bottom line. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been a great season. I love watching football. It's one of the reasons why I think I'm just way more invested when it comes when it comes down to it. And so I think that's one of the reasons why maybe we just make it predominantly football and then we drip some, like, Padres, some pod squad stuff where we cover them, and then maybe we dabble in basketball in the playoffs. So 
I'm not a hundred percent set on that on like that being my plan, but that's probably where we're heading. Just to give people a heads up. All right. Top ten teams. As always, honorable mentions, playoff caliber teams this week, but might not be able to win a playoff game, or might you know not be up like they're they're right there on the, they're borderline of a playoff team if they don't get in. So at thirteen, I got the Bears. Now obviously I have my concerns because it's Chicago and they've it's been an infuriating season to say the least to start out so hot five and one then to just be absolute dog shit and then now to be like oh we figured out how to play offense so yeah it's it's been terrible and there's still a chance to make the playoffs they have to beat Green Bay this weekend or Arizona has to lose so I mean you know they have I think it's like a 70 percent chance to get in it's you know pretty high Four straight games for them. The reason why they're 13. Four straight games of them where they have scored 30 points plus, which is crazy uh, considering how bad the offense was. They've been running the hell out of the ball. David Montgomery has been one of the hottest running backs these this last month. December has been like all about him. He's been great. It's, it's, it's nice to finally see him having some production because it's always frustrating me because I, 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 I've liked him since day one. I think that he runs hard and he always breaks tackles. And I believe he leads the league or he's second in broken tackles this year. And it was just always the line play that was never good enough. And so something, something's changed. Uh, they've, I don't know if like maybe they've, uh, you know, playing with more passion or Matt Nagy has changed the blocking scheme. I'm not sure what it is, but they've been able to run the ball a lot more efficiently, which is great. Um, they got a top five defense. I think everybody in the league knows that. There were parts where people were saying, oh, is Chicago's defense that good? Uh, I go back to that first game against Green Bay where the offense was abysmal, and I said after that game, the Bears' defense has given up. Because, it, you know, this is the most team, one of the most. I don't want to start an argument, but you need everybody, right? Mahomes is great, but without an offensive line and people to catch the ball and run the ball, the Chiefs don't win games, right? And so, you know... That's the same with the Bears. If the Bears defense, like when the Bears defense is playing its best, like they can just win you games outright. Unfortunately, for a majority of the season, the offense just couldn't help them at all. So after the game against Green Bay, I thought they'd given up, and we saw that in the following week when they lost to the Lions. But since that loss to the Lions, you know, Matt Nagy has tried to rally the troops. I think part of it is he's he was playing he's playing for his job, and same with Trubisky. And so, you know, they've really come together and the offense has been able to produce, which in turn has given confidence in their defense to go out there and, you know, show up. And so both both sides are pulling their weight and that this is the result. So, yeah, they're looking really good. Mitch Trubisky, speaking of him, he still makes terrible decisions. He is uh, irresponsible with the football. There was a pick last week in the red zone where against, uh, you know, because I'm thinking long term, right? Because they're playing Jacksonville, and I was a little bit nervous at first because that game was tied in the first half for a little bit, and then he threw that awful interception and a triple coverage in the red zone. I'm thinking ahead where it's like, man, if you because they're if they get in, they're going to be a six or seven seed, right? So they're going to have to play, you know, like a Saints or like Seattle, right? And so if you, if you do that against Seattle, you can't win the game. So that's what bugs me, is that he still makes bad mistakes. Uh, I was very critical of Josh Allen um, at the beginning of this year, too, 
or, or last season with Josh Allen. That's one of the biggest things besides how accurate he's been. The other thing is that he has not made stupid decisions with the football. Where like he'll check the ball down more. He'll extend plays, which Trubisky can do too, because they're both um, good. Uh, they're very mobile. But the one thing that Allen has done over Trubisky is that he will throw the ball away more often, or he'll he'll throw it to his checkdown receiver, or he'll just run for a two three yard gain instead of just trying to make that big play constantly. And so Trubisky, if he cuts that out of his game. Uh, especially come like you know he has to do it against Green Bay. He cannot force things against Green Bay. It's going to be a tough game for a while. It's going to be close, and so if it's going to come down to if Trubisky can limit his mistakes, I say you know he gets a lot of stick, right? I, I mean, I you know I'm for one. I think the Bears should move on. They need to rip the Band-Aid off last year and not go out and sign Foles. That was a huge mistake. Um, but since Nagy's been here. And a lot of it has to do with the defense, but Mitch is twenty-five and twelve as a starter, so it's a you know that's that's still a that's a very solid record at the end of the day. I just I just haven't seen enough of him. I know I'm talking. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite teams. Obviously, it's pick their team. We got a long way to go, but uh, man, I'm just I I'm so worried about this weekend. If they win, they're in, man. When they're in, and unfortunately, it looks like with the injuries to the Rams that Arizona has a pretty good chance to lock up their playoffs uh, berth. So it's Chicago's probably going to have to win this game on Sunday. We'll see though. They're at thirteen. Great defense. Offense has been killing it, but I just don't know if they can get over the hump. At twelve, I got the Tennessee Titans. I honestly want to put them higher. Um, I can't though after that loss to Green Bay. Honestly, on a neutral field, I think that they either win that game or it's it, like I, I know it'll be a lot closer, but I think that they have a chance to win that game. The one thing that they couldn't do on Sunday was start slow. And that's exactly what happened. I think the weather played a big part. They were not used to playing in the snow, which, I mean, anybody, not everybody is really. Um, Green Bay has a great home field advantage and they can lock that up that first round bye. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of away from what they what they love to do as a team, right? What they do best, which is control time of possession, run the ball, and that sets up their play action. It puts less pressure on their defense. That's how they want to play the game. The, the offensive line that they have constructed is not built to just have Tannehill um, go like step back there and shotgun and throw it 30 plus times. That's not how they want to win. That's not how that's not how they are built. And so you saw that in action on Sunday night. Tannehill's been great. And again, the offense is not the issue here. Even though in that game, you know, it was a little bit sloppy. They fell behind and then they got they got out of their game plan. But the main problem is that they just don't have a pass rush. And that's a huge concern that they have that they tried to address with Jadavion Clowney. But unfortunately, he just was never healthy this year. He, you know, he's done for the rest of the season. And so, you know, him being, um, you know, not having him was a huge setback. And it, it just shows. Their secondary is actually pretty talented. I've given them a lot of stick. But um, in all reality, like if, if a quarterback has over like three seconds, three, four seconds in the pocket every time to throw the ball, the receivers are going to get open. All right, so I mean, 
as good as you know, I don't think there's a terrible secondary. I actually think that they're pretty decent, but um, they're going to get exploited if you can't get home and get after the quarterback, which is exactly what happened on Sunday night. Unfortunately, because of this huge issue, you can't win a Super Bowl this way. You could probably win a playoff game just on the back of Derrick Henry. And we've seen that last year, that's exactly what happened. He, he strolled in into New England and got it done. They were leading against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But unfortunately, without a pass rush this year, I just don't see... I think they could maybe they, they could maybe upset one team in the playoffs. Um, but I don't see them going into anything like that. And also, they're not a lock for the playoffs this year. They play Houston this weekend. And after the J.J. Watt speed, I think they're going to be coming out with a ton of energy. And because of this pass rush issue, if Deshaun Watson is 100% healthy because he got a little bit banged up at the end of that game last week, this could be a problem. Houston's, Houston's got a, a solid weapons. You got Deshaun Watson. I mean, it, it could be an upset game. It really could. At 11, I got the Colts. Very, very bad loss for them. And because of that loss, I'm not going to make the playoffs now. They need help. The offense completely shut down in the second half against the Steelers. Give credit to them. Um, Pittsburgh, they you know they found a way. They made adjustments. But still, uh, they just were not as balanced. That's one thing all year that they just have not been. Is like uh, they've, they've talked a lot about wanting to run the ball. But then there's games where, and this one's a perfect example. Jonathan Taylor was dominating this game in the first half. Had two touchdowns. Almost, I think it was like 60, 70 yards rushing. And then for him to only finish with 18 carries is just inexcusable. I like Frank Reich a lot. He's very aggressive, goes for it a lot on fourth down. But this team still has two big struggles. They suck on offense on third down. And then they really uh, they struggle in the red zone a lot. They settle for field goals more often than not. And so that's a, that's a huge problem. Um, they could sneak into that seventh spot, and I think that they have the potential to upset one of the higher seeds based solely on their defensive play uh, uh, and Phillip Rivers getting the job done. I think a matchup that would be a lot of fun to see is uh, the Chiefs against the Colts or something along that lines. If they get there, I think that, that could be uh, an upset in the making. And so, yeah, I they're at 11 for me, but there's just games like this and Tennessee is also similar. The AFC South in general tends to over underperform a lot where they'll look good for a couple weeks, which is exactly what the Colts and the Titans have done. And then they'll have games and both these teams had terrible games this weekend where they just shit the bed and they just, I don't know. It was very weird. All right, let's get to the top 10 though. These are teams that are most likely going to make the playoffs and you know have a chance to win a playoff game. I think these all these teams in my opinion can win a playoff game. I got to give the nod to Pittsburgh here at 10. They came back against a really good indie team and they locked down the AFC North with the Browns losing to the Jets. They're still struggling to run the ball and with all the linebackers out on defense, they're struggling to defend the run as well, but regardless of that, this is a defense that is still extremely talented and well coached by Mike Tomlin. TJ Watt, he's my he's my defensive player of the year. What he's done is outstanding. Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety, the, uh, the, without him, um, since they've traded for him, he has they have been the unit has been incredible. 
and he does a lot. So, yeah, I mean, and they have just a ton of a playoff experience between Big Ben and Mike Tomlin. It's just a wealth of knowledge. They're going to come ready to play, and in their first game out there, they'll be ready to roll. I just don't know if they can sustain the success that they had last week. You know, it was game on the line. Obviously, you know, you had the juju dancing. They got embarrassed by a division rival on primetime football. So they came out with more energy in the second half. But they, I mean, Indy was dominating. They were, you know, Pittsburgh was down 24 to 7 with five minutes to go in the third quarter. No way they win. There's no way they should win that game. But they found a way. And so, yeah, don't, don't, don't come. I, I, um, just out of respect for the organization, Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, I will put them at 10, and I believe that they're going to win a playoff game. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl, though, because they're just very reliant on the pass, and I don't know if Ben can sustain throwing 35, 40-plus times in the playoffs. At 9, I got the Cleveland Browns. So they get a mulligan, all right? They had COVID shenanigans. They're four... Uh, top their their top four wide receivers missed last week. Uh, Jarvis Landry that was the first game he's missed in his entire career, which is insane. Uh, he's just such a reliable weapon on offense. Uh, it just threw everything off for them. The run game didn't work. Uh, you know, it was just a bunch of new pieces in there, and so yeah, they're a little bit sloppy. Still had a chance to win the game though. Baker had a costly fumble, and uh, you know everything was just kind of off. They you know, they they lost their chance to win the AFC North. But this is a playoff caliber team. They know what their identity is, right? Great offensive line. One of the best, if not the best in the league. They run the hell out of the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It makes Baker comfortable. It sets up his play action. But then on top of that, Mayfield's just been playing solid football. It's the only team, though, this is a crazy stat because they've been, you know, Cleveland's been talked about a lot this year. They're going to have a winning record. They could potentially be 11-5. But this is the only team that could potentially make the playoffs that's going to have a negative point differential. So they've they've conceded more points than they've scored this year, which is insane. And it's a huge issue. So I think that Cleveland, based on their game plan with Kevin Stefanski, can win a playoff game on the road. But that's it for them. That is that's their ceiling as a playoff victory. They can't go any higher. Uh, they're just not built for it right now. Uh, but and the, but the, on the plus side though, you found your head coach. Baker's going to be around for another le- another year. He really has proven himself. And you know where you need to improve, which is on the defensive side of the ball. So you know they have a, they have a vision going forward, which is great. At number eight, got the Miami Dolphins. This quarterback situation that he got going is so weird. It's very strange. I I don't understand why Tua is still the starter over Fitzpatrick. He limits their offense incredibly. Uh, when Fitzpatrick's in there, they 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 chuck it down the field. They're more dynamic. Uh, they have the big plays. And and when Tua's in there, I I understand that you're trying to protect your rookie. But this is like we're playing for a postseason berth, and if we come playoff time, we're gonna have to be able to. Huck it, chuck it down the field, and score some easy points. You can't just constantly rely on your defenses. The offense play, every everything gets lifted in the playoffs, right? Caliber of offense, caliber of defense, you, you know, 
the offenses are going to find a way to score score points. That's just how it happens. You're playing the best offenses in the league. So as great as Miami's defense is, and they are outstanding, you're going to have to be able to, if you're Miami, score some touchdowns. You, you might have to go toe-to-toe with a Cleveland or a Buffalo. Or, you know, you're going to have to be able to put up some points. And so with Tua in there right now, because they just, they don't, they don't let him make mistakes. And what I mean by that is that they are confining the playbook. It's a lot of dink and dunk. Like, I don't know if there's been a, I think there's been one game this year where he's had over 200 yards. It's a lot of, and he has a ton of passes, right? He'll finish the game with like 25, 30 passes, but it's a lot of like, you know, dump off passes, screens, slants. And so I think that, in this Bills game, we're going to see Fitzpatrick. And I would not be shocked if he's the starter if they make it into the playoffs. I just don't know if starting Tua is the answer long like long term. Well, for this season anyway. If you're going to go with Tua come playoff time, then you have to, you got to take the training wheels off. That's my biggest concern. Now that you can keep going to the bullpen if you want and bring it in fits magic, but I ju- I don't I it's just a very weird dynamic. I think Brian Forrest has done an excellent job. If they're able to get in, you know, potential coach of the year, uh, it's a brutal schedule down the stretch. But man, this the quarterback thing infuriates me, so I can't put them higher than eight. At seven, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a nod to Tom Brady, the goat. Who uh he's they haven't really played anybody in their last three games, but eight touchdowns, no interceptions. He's averaging over 300 yards. He's been f- phenomenal. Here's the problem though. They are one in five against teams with a winning record. You know what that tells me? It tells me that they're getting out coached. You saw it against the Rams, you saw it against the Saints twice, you saw it against the Chiefs. B- Bruce Arians, I think, is just done. I don't think his heart's in it as much, and maybe it's a little bit cruel to say, but he he's delegated a lot of his duties. He's got a huge staff. You see it on the sideline. Ton of people watching him. I also think the secondary um, is young, and it scares me. I think they can get beat, beat deep uh, really easily, but they're great at stopping the run, which is a plus, and they have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, those three linebackers I keep talking about, uh, Levante David, uh, Devin White, and Shaquille Barrett. They are, I mean, they're sensational if you haven't seen them play this year. That's a mistake on your part. Uh, and obviously you have the GOAT, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, they're both healthy at the time. Gronk, obviously can't forget, Antonio Brown. But it just seems like there's a ton of talent, but not a lot of cohesion. And so that scares me. They're going to win a game on the road here, just based on the fact that they have Tom Brady and the GOAT. But Super Bowl for them is not attainable this year. And I think that they need to address the coaching situation straight up. I think that they really need to look at Bruce Arians and see like if he's the guy for the future. That's my honest opinion. One in five against teams with a winning record. Terrible. They're 8-0 against teams under 500. So they're good against the shitty teams. But unfortunately, you're not playing shitty teams in the playoffs. At six, I got the Baltimore Ravens. This is one of the teams that 
I am terrified to play against. I would not want anything to do with Baltimore come playoff time. So as I predicted, they were gonna they're on track to win out. I also said that Lamar Jackson was gonna pop off in December, and he has done just that. He's been very accurate with the ball. He has a great quarterback rating, all that stuff. They're getting healthier on defense too. They've been able to rest some players. Calais Campbell, uh, Jason, wait. Marcus, Jason Peters, Marcus Peters. So that's been, I was thinking Jalen Ramsey, but yeah, that's wrong. And so, yeah, I mean, I want nothing to do with this team. They've been on an absolute tear. That game against the Browns just, you know, started this, started the train in motion and they've just been chugga, 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 chugga to the playoffs. They had a great opportunity now. If they win, they're in and they're going to be an extremely tough out again another team here with a ton of playoff experience lamar jackson's got a lot to prove his third time in the playoffs now in a very young he's and he's still so freaking young obviously i have my concerns still and which you should because as although they've been extremely hot all right and they are not playing great teams number one but still, you play who's in front of you, and it matters how you play in those games, and they've looked sensational. But I, you know, they they need another weapon on the outside. Des Bryant has been producing, which is good for them, and he's going to have a ton of energy come playoff time. But, you know, I'm, I, I, am, I am a little bit worried. They fall behind in a game. They, want, they, want, they have to get away from the run a little bit. Lamar has to pass more than he would like to. That's still, you know, with the limited weapons that they have with Marquise Hollywood-Brown and Mark Andrews, those are mainly the only two options. Dez is kind of emerging a little bit. Willie Sneed is, you know, he can he can get you a first down every now and again. But, I, you know, that's their biggest need, I feel. And so next year, I would look for them to invest in a number one wide receiver. Uh, but, I mean, you know, they're firing all cylinders. And, again, I don't want to like, – a team with momentum is one of the scariest things, and so I, I want nothing to do with them. They're at six. Another team who I, another bird team, go figure. That I want the, the same. Like they t- they just frighten the shit out of me. Is Seattle, the Seahawks? Every year they do this, man, where they come out of the gate and they're playing well, but then they occasionally drop the game and they don't look like shit. Uh, case in point against the Giants, for example, and they, they were in close games too early in the year with Minnesota, and they were having the one-score games and whatnot. But they always just find a way to get it done at the end of the season. The game that they have to win, they win. Um, if they need, you know, that's just how it goes. The weakness, the only weakness I see right now in Seattle is their offensive line. That is it. Russell Wilson's been hit and sacked way too many times this year, um, but he is a Hall of Famer, and so he can deal with that adversity in part in part because he's got healthy running backs now, and that's the biggest part of it. If Chris Carson goes down in the playoffs, then that completely changes the dynamic because then Russell Wilson might have to start cooking, and we have established that that is not something that benefits the Seahawks team. You still have Carlos Hyde who could step up, but he's not the same player as Chris Carson. He's not as good of a receiver. 
you got great weapons on the outside. DK Metcalf, Hot Lockett. Um, the defense that we, at the beginning of the year, was awful. One of the worst defenses in there. Essentially a black hole. Or not, well, a black hole in the sense that, like, they let everything in. Or they didn't stop anybody. Um, but now, their last five games, they've held opponents under 20 points. Jamal Adams is flying all over the field. He had two ridiculous tackles last week to start to stop a touchdown against the Rams, which completely just changed the momentum of the game. And by the way, speaking of momentum, Seattle, and I, it's because I see them a bunch, right? The Niners play them twice a year. It's an in-division, you know, division rival, so you pay more attention to those teams. They are one of, if not the best teams at capitalizing when there's a shift in the momentum. Year in, year out, I see it where it was that game against Minnesota where they were, Minnesota was dominating that game and then there was like a key turnover or stop and then Seattle just took off and ended up winning that game with a, uh, I think it was a Russell Wilson late drive that won. Oh yeah, it was the DK Metcalf. So yeah, the offensive line is a concern because you're going to come up, come against, come up against great pass rushes, especially in the NFC. They can get after you, but they almost always seem to make that key stop or that key play on a that key play or that key drive, which they did last week against the Rams. Things like that. So yeah, I mean I, another team with a ton of playoff experience that I want nothing to do with. They are extremely hot right now. They are very dangerous, both the Ravens and Seattle. Gonna be tough out. If you go into that game thinking that you know, taking them lightly, you're going to be in for a surprise. All right, top four here. So, including Seattle, these next four teams, I think, can all win a Super Bowl. So, at four, I got the Saints. The only reason they are at four is because of Drew Brees. So, at the beginning of the season, before the season started, this is my Super Bowl uh, team. I thought that they had the biggest chance. I thought they were my pick to win the Super Bowl. There we go. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. I am concerned about Drew Brees coming back from his ridiculously gruesome. Well, not gruesome, but I mean, God, the rib injury. Okay. The ribs are a very sensitive area. I mean, that's brutal. And he broke multiple. And so, yeah, that's my concern. He's been wearing this, like essentially like a, like a bulletproof vest for that. I mean, it's a little bit thinner, but that's essentially what he's been wearing. He had a good game against Minnesota. He didn't really need to. The defense stinks, but he still threw two interceptions. So he hasn't he hasn't been himself. I would ideally I would like him, you know, you gotta shake the rust off is the problem. So he's gonna play this weekend against Carolina. But if they if they, you know, get up a, a couple scores, I might want to sit him down. Because I you know, you can't you can't afford him getting getting injured at all. All right. Now, I do want to give him a little bit of slack because they've had some wide receivers out. It's just been Emmanuel Sanders basically on the outside with Jared Cook, their tight end. They're going to get Michael Thomas back for the playoffs. Alvin Kamara is healthy, which is a huge deal because last season he was playing injured down the stretch. So you get a healthy Alvin Kamara and a healthy Michael Thomas back. The defense has been a little bit vulnerable against the run as of late, but they looked fantastic against Kansas City. They played with a ton of energy. They're going to have a home playoff game. They'll win that. And I think that they could really, I think this is a team that could challenge Green Bay. 
could out physical them. I think that that is definitely something that could happen. Right now, I think that this is the most complete team in the NFL, considering quarterback, position players, defensive line, linebackers, and secondary. And so, yeah, they're at four for me only because of Drew Brees' uncertainty. I don't, he, like, you know, that game against Kansas City, man, you can't unsee that. It's really concerning. So, yeah, Carolina's not an easy out. They got a solid pass rush. And so we'll see how he looks this weekend. At three, coming off a huge Sunday night football win, Green Bay Packers. Huge win against Tennessee. That was a big statement win. Um, they looked great. Uh, they didn't win a Super Bowl. Like I said, these top four teams and Seattle, they can win a Super Bowl in my opinion. I am still hesitant to say that they've solved their lack of physicality problem. I still think that they could um, get punched in the mouth and not be able to respond and fold like a lawn chair. They're But they're built like Kansas City, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, they are very high-scoring offense. They've been extremely productive. Uh, their opponents, when, when, when you score a lot of points... Your opponents, uh, you know, have to play from behind. When you're playing from behind, then the defense can, you know, exploit that. And that's why they went out and got these pass rushers. Green Bay did. Same with the Chiefs. And they invested in their secondary. And so that's how they're, they're built to play with a lead. It's similar to the Titans in a sense, but the Titans don't have a pass rush at all. But the Green Bay does. I still don't know if they can stop the run. If they really need to, again, that game against the, that, that, that game for Tennessee, they got away from them and Green Bay was just able to, you know, load up the box and just do whatever they pleased. But I, so they, they, they look good and I liked how balanced they were in that game as well. They ran it really, they had over 200 yards rushing. The rookie AJ Dillon got involved. He had two touchdowns. Aaron Jones was still there. And so, yeah, I mean, when you have Triple A, like I've like I've been saying, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, who who can't be stopped right now, Rodgers is going to be the MVP, and then Jones, who is just a very dynamic running back, along with this you know two headed horse that's uh, appeared with AJ Dillon. Um, if they can stay balanced, you know, play play from playing from ahead, start games hot, then um, it limits the amount of chances that they could get punched in the mouth. So yeah. Uh, they look good, and um, go Pack go. At number two, and I had I had to do it. I I can't I can't take it anymore, man. I can't take it anymore. I moved the Chiefs down to two. I know they're fourteen and one, okay. And I've been saying this like a broken record for the past shoot like month now, maybe a little bit more. They're not playing good, man. They're not, and I know that their ceiling is ridiculously high. It's basically, they basically don't have a ceiling. I get that, okay? But seven straight games now for the Chiefs that have been decided by one score. It makes no sense, man. Against Atlanta last week, that's a game against the Falcons. If they win, they get a first-round bye, and they looked like ass. I don't get it. I don't understand. Mahomes, eight touchdowns in December, five turnovers. That's not like him. They have the worst red zone defense in the league. I don't think people want to admit that they're playing bad because of the record. Well, we saw that. Well, we admitted with the Steelers that 
although they're 12, is it 12, 11 and four now? Like we admitted with them that they weren't good these past couple weeks, right? Why can't we admit that Kansas City isn't, isn't playing great right now? It's like, oh, well, Kansas City's going to roll over everybody. It's like, man, I don't, I don't see that. The way that they're playing right now, they could very easily get beaten in the first round. I'm not kidding. Like, depending on who they play, like, they could get beaten. Now, I will I will relax a little bit, all right? They have the first round bye. Andy Reid normally is fantastic off a of bye. They have the playoff experience. They won the Super Bowl last year. You know, high expectations. And so they could come out on fire. Like I said, they're one of the few teams in this league that can just flip a switch and be great. I will also point out that there has not been a game all year, even though they've lost one, where I thought that they were going to lose. Even against the Raiders, right, when they were driving down, they needed to score to, you know, go down to to win the game. Even then, I was like, they're going to find a way to win this game. They ended up not, but still, I mean, that's the type of level. That's, you know, they they demand that type of respect. But I am not going to remain quiet on this. I will not be shocked if the Chiefs lose in their first playoff game. It will not blow me away because they are not playing good football and you can't keep playing with fire. You just can't sustain this. Maybe he's the exception, Patrick Mahomes, because he'll do obscure things. But even that game against the Saints, they had the ball for 40-plus minutes. Saints had it for 18 minutes, and they only won by three. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. And so, yeah. I they're gonna. I feel like it's 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 not like karma, but like it it you know it, there has to be like something's gotta give. I feel like you can't keep playing like this. You can't. And so whether it's in the divisional round, the AFC Championship, or the Super Bowl, I feel like this is gonna come back to bite them. If they lose in the Super Bowl, though, John, is that even an issue? Well, I mean, maybe. But yeah, dude, I just. It infuriates me. And so, like, because they've been playing so badly and because of the way that Buffalo's playing, I have to put Buffalo at number one. I have to circle the wagons because it's just a disservice to them because they've just been playing so damn well to put them at two. So Buffalo's at number one for me. This is how the Chiefs should look. That that Monday night game against New England, I mean, that is how Kansas City should look every single week. Again, they should have blown out Atlanta. By like 30 plus. And the Bills. Who had that trap game against Denver. Blew them out. And then they go into Foxborough. And I know that New England's had his issues. But this is Bill Belichick. Who's one of the best defensive minds. And he's very good against young quarterbacks. Remember Josh Allen's only in his third year. And they got blown out of the water. It was a statement game. And so yeah the Bills deserve that number one spot. Let's talk about Josh Stallion real quick. Shall we? Uh, no, So Aaron Rodgers. He has my vote for MVP. He's been outstanding. But Josh Allen really should be in the mix, and he should get some nods this year. Uh, he like Things have just clicked for him. So his, uh, let's talk his completion percentage, right? Because that's been the biggest change. So his rookie year, he was completing only 53% of his passes, which, you know, he was, he was running a lot more. He was, it, you know, wasn't passing as much. Last year, he was completing 60% of his passes. You know, better, but still room for improvement. 
he struggled throwing the ball deep. This year, he's completing 69% of his passes. Huge improvement, huge jump. He just looks so comfortable out there. If you watch the game on Monday night, some of the throws he was making, very Mahomes-esque. That third touchdown pass to Defon Diggs, incredible. Steps back, rolls 10 yards to his left, stops on a dime, just throws an absolute laser into the back of the end zone. It's great, man. The defense is also similar to Seattle in many ways, where beginning of the year, they you know were still figuring things out, but they've been able to tighten things up. Four of, the, four of their past five games, they've held opponents under 20 points. They look really good. Stephon Diggs, he's like Devontae Adams right now. You can't guard this guy. He leads the league in receptions and receiving yards. By the way, this dynamic offense that Brian Dable's running, their offensive coordinator, right? They've been doing trick plays. They throw it deep. They've been able to run the ball. This is all without John Brown, who they're getting back. So that's another tool in this offense. It's already dominant. They've been averaging over 28 points a game. So yeah, they're on fire. And I'm so happy for Bill's Mafia, man, and the organization. It's great. Uh, you know, you love it when a plan comes together. 2017, they go get their GM, Brandon Bean, and their head coach, Sean McDermott. They have a plan. They go find their franchise quarterback, who they believed was Josh Allen, and it turns out he has. They go, they get him support with John Brown and Cole Beasley. They draft well on the on both sides of the ball. Then this offseason, they go and get their number one wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, who people hated that decision. They're like, you're giving up way too much for him. It's not a good move. He's not a team player, and he's done nothing but excel and thrive in Buffalo. And so, yeah, I'm happy for you, Bills Mafia. And right now, they are the best team in football, bar none. They are. They're playing better than the Chiefs. And so, yeah, as much as I, you know, it's weird saying that, like, Buffalo is better than the Chiefs right now. But, like, if you look at their games, it's not even close. So that's my top ten list. Might be the last one we do all year. We might do, like, a playoff run-up, rundown. Um, No, we, this is probably the last top ten list now that I think about it. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to do one after the regular season is over. So, yeah, that's it. Let me know, I mean, what you think. I think I did a pretty damn good job on these all year. It's a lot of fun to do them. Uh, you know, some were head scratchers. Some weeks were a lot harder than most. But overall, I think we did a pretty solid job. Man, I, thought, I said it was going to be a short episode. We're, at, we're just over 45 minutes. Damn. All right, so let's get out of here then. Thank you so much for listening. That's going to do it for today's episode. Hey, if you, if you liked it, feel free to share it with friends, families, uh, families, friends, family, coworkers, all that fun stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks for that. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Yerks Talks or follow on Spotify and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Hey, tomorrow I got a plan for New Year's. Should be a good episode. As always, thank you so much. Go watch some sports. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will see you in the next one.